Where's the button? Oh, there it is. Wow. <laughs> Welcome to Films from the Phantom Zone, your podcast about failed and forgotten comic book movies, where we watch a forgotten superhero movie and decide, does this belong in the Phantom Zone to be forgotten for forever, or out and about for everyone to rewatch and remember fondly? My name is Arnaldo. I am your host. As always, I am joined by... Berto. Yeah. Sorry, my voice is a little... I've been kind of sick since... Uh... Everybody last I know week. has been yeah. sick. So I'm going to sound like this the whole time, and uh, I apologize. But Birdo, what movie are we watching today? Jonah Hex. 2010? 2010, I believe. This movie, uh, we're going to get into it, but it, it just doesn't feel like it's that recent. <laughs> from just like 12 no. years ago, it feels like it's from 30 years ago. It kind of does, and not necessarily in good ways. Like, it doesn't feel like it's in the MCU era, you know what I mean? Right. Anyway, this movie is available on both Netflix and HBO Max. But strange, yeah. What? March thirty first is the last day to watch this on Netflix. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, <laughs> it might still be on HBO Max then. Probably. Yeah. But also, HBO Max gets rid of shit for no reason. So true. So recently, guys, we just did a review episode for The Batman out in theaters. We yelled at each other for about two hours, so that was a lot of fun. <laughs> And then Berto didn't talk to me for a week. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I think it was a week since I saw you actually. That's just happenstance. Yeah. Before that, we did episodes Batman related. So we did the Batman movie from 1966 with Chris, our good friend here as a guest, and we also did Catwoman, the Halle Berry movie with Sable. So those are available if you want to check those out. But we have to move on to something brand new, fresh. Not related to anything. No, just kind of a one-off we kind of type picked, thing. Yeah, we kind of picked Jonah Hex randomly. <laughs> so that's what we've done. If this is your first time, we're going to go through our initial expectations for the film. A little bit of background information for Jonah Hex. We're going to summarize the plot, analyze the movie to the best of our ability before we go into Keeper Cancel. Uh, and that's a segment of the show where we talk about the people in the movie and we decide if we're going to keep them or cancel them before we decide if this movie belongs in the Phantom Zone or not. In the episode description, there are timestamps for all of those things if you just want to skip or re-listen to something. or I don't, I don't know. Whatever you like to do. Lastly, we are live on Twitch right now. We record all these episodes on Twitch. So if you like this show and you want to be a part of it, you want to hang out with us while we record, come on down. Twitch.tv slash Films from PZ. Monday nights, 8 o'clock. Give or take a few minutes yeah and a warm-up and a, and we we hang out with the chat quite a bit so it's like it's like nine o'clock by the time we're starting to record but yeah it's a hangout basically so if you literally want to hang out with us while we do this then come on down like we've got philly to the J, the man named john here and hopefully some other people pop in but i think that's everything are you ready to get started yeah let's go okay what are your initial expectations for this did you have any did you see this movie i had not seen this movie before i remember seeing like the commercials and stuff like back when it came out but I was still like in high school and stuff, and it just like I don't know, it didn't catch my attention, so I ignored it. And now here we are, well over a decade later, <laughs> um, and I really had no expectations for this movie. Like, yeah, I didn't hear anything about it after it came out, so I assumed it wasn't that great. It just kind of died quietly after it came out. It did. So this movie had a already a small budget, which is kind of understandable for like a not well known superhero i guess yeah right especially because it's not like again it's early in the mcu era this is a dc film by the way but the idea of like 
oh, let's make all these movies interconnected and it'll get like a bump from other viewers, like that Marvel bump. That, that was just, still a new thing. Yeah, that didn't exist yet. So yeah. like to put this movie out on $49 million budget makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. It only made $11 million. Ooh. It was a financial disaster and it did so poorly that they just didn't release it internationally. So this only got released like here and a few other places, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember seeing like either a trailer or a poster for it. And I just remember thinking, oh, hey, Megan Fox is in this. And that's it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's sort of like, I guess it's a DC hero. I see the DC logo. And it's and then before Western. I knew, yeah. And then before I knew it, it was already out of theaters. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not seeing that. Like, that's how bad this did. <laughs> Could have probably been marketed a lot better. So. Yeah, but it also could have been better, but we'll get to it. Sure, yeah, yeah, And I mean, like, that's why I'm saying, like, I didn't watch it either, and I had no interest in never seeing it up until we were forced to do it just now. Yeah. So my expectations were as low as it gets. Also, we know the writers of this, not personally, but we've we've seen one of their movies we've before. We've seen their works before? Oh, God. Yes. Okay. Movie is written by Nelvedine and Taylor, the duo who wrote and directed... Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. It's all, oh! It's all coming together now, right? It makes oh sense. Oh, my God. Yep. <laughs> so they didn't direct. They backed out because of... Uh... Well, thank God, because their direction <laughs> would have made me sick. Yeah, no, right? <laughs> um, but their writing was very much uh, still there. We're just yep. go from point A to point C to point F. We're going to skip, like, point D and E. Yeah, it all kind of <laughs> made sense. As I'm watching, I'm like, this, yep, this tracks, right? Yeah. yeah, there's your Ghost Rider reference. <laughs> it's a direct relation. <laughs> uh, also, there's a cast member in this. Uh, Wes Bentley is in this, and he was in the first. He was. He played Mephisto's son. Yes. Blackheart. All right. Well, let's move on. Let's do some background. I don't have a whole lot. This isn't like a huge character. You know what I mean? No. There's not that much you need to know about. But first and foremost, and this sort of blew my mind. And you walked in and you were at, you were just dying to tell me the same little yeah, fact. Because I'm like, you will never guess what I read. Jonah Hex has no fucking superpowers, despite what you see in this movie. Yeah, in the comics, he's just a bounty hunter that's very good at his job. He's just a gunslinger. He's a gunslinging hero. Yeah. and I'm He's like, like Batman God. of the Wild West. Yeah, he's he just, is. He's just a cowboy. Yeah. The whole time I'm like... Fuck, that would have made a much better movie. And we'll get to it. And it actually would have made a better movie. (laughs) Uh, So he debuted in an all-star Western number 10, which was later renamed to Weird Western Tales in 1972. Created by John Albino and artist Tony Dezuniga. Did you say John Albino? I was about to, yeah. (laughs) Now I'm going to cut that out, Berto. (laughs) His introductory paragraph to each issue read... He was a hero to some, a villain to others, and wherever he rode, people spoke his name in whispers. He had no friends, this Jonah Hex, but he did have two companions. One was death itself, the other, the acrid smell of gun smoke. What a badass. Right? Just make that the pitch of the fucking movie. Like, that's all you need. Just a badass bounty hunter doing badass bounty hunter shit. In a western. Yeah. That's perfect. That's the movie. Like, I'm sold. Like, we didn't like, need... We didn't we'll need get to the suit. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the character joins the Confederate Army um, to protect his home, but being an abolitionist himself, he surrenders to the Union and switches sides. His abilities are, no magic, first of all, expert gunslinger slash marksman, highly trained martial arts by both military and the Apache, swordsman, hunter, intimidation. I read this. He's developed a reputation of being immortal, tracking, and survival. 
The immortal part's interesting because he's not actually. Right, right, right. What I'm saying is, like, yeah. people thought, like, this yeah. guy is way too good. He's, like, He can't undead. be killed. Yeah, exactly. Like, there was legends told about him. And I'm like, that would have been a really interesting take instead of literally giving him superpowers. Yeah. And this is kind of weird. And we're going to get to it. But it's, like, it's so easy to, like, vilify soldiers of, like, the wrong side of history when, at the time, it's, like... I don't know. They were brainwashed. They were told what to do. Like, it's hard to, like, assign blame to everyone. To everyone. You know, it's kind of like there were German soldiers who were like, they were in the army before Hitler took over. There were people that were in it for different reasons. And they're like, hey, Hitler says go fight. And they're like, all right, I guess guess we got to do this. I guess we have to. I've been brainwashed by the military my whole life. So So it's like, here I go. necessarily make, and this is obviously, this would be a hot take to some people, but like, you know, not every soldier. Fighting for the bad guys is bad. Right. And right. That's, that's just a fact. Yeah. And they mentioned in the movie, too. We're, when we'll he's get talking to, we're to, to Yeah. Uh, I saw that um, his weaknesses are scarred face or like hideous appearance. <laughs> that's his weakness? And that was his only weakness, which I thought was funny. <laughs> I mean, he does make everybody go like, what the hell happened to your face when they see him? <laughs> oh, my God. So you ready to get into this movie? Yeah. Jonah Hex is a Confederate soldier in the Civil War until he betrays his commanding officer, General Quentin Turnbull, and must kill his son, Jeb Turnbull. Turnbull and his men find Jonah, hang him on a cross, brand his cheek, and light his house on fire with his wife and child inside, so that he may know what it's like to lose his son. They leave him for dead until an animated sequence explains that the Crow Indians find him and heal him. Having sort of died, they sort of resurrect him. I think it's not very clear, but he can talk to dead people. General Turnbull died, and General Turn Turnbull's a weird fucking name. It's hard <laughs> to say it like repeatedly. General Turnbull died in a hotel fire before Jonah could find him, so he turned to bounty hunting to satisfy his vengeance. This here's my story. Is what he said. It's not for the faint <laughs> of heart. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. I mean, and this is <laughs> It's a little less Spider-Man-y because they show, they sh- it's not like he's, he narrates the whole thing. Right. But. but the whole comic book style intro, I didn't really like it because it felt like a cheap cut scene from like a low budget video game. It was more of a slideshow than like yeah. a... Yeah. But Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance, does the same thing. Yeah. Like it's beat for beat. Like we're going to show you the origin in an animated sequence because we don't want to do that right now. Yeah. You know? And... <laughs> And did you also notice that when Turnbull's about to burn his family, he says, I want you to watch. And then Michael Fassbender closes the door. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's a rated PG-13 movie. So you cannot burn. All he's a- watching is a house burning. Well, you know, you really cannot show, like, children dying. No. Like, you actually, I don't, I don't think you can do that. But on the it. action done on screen directly goes against yeah, sure, the dialogue yeah. on screen. <laughs> yeah. So, interesting debate, origin story. Like, you know, you're making a movie about a hero, and you have to explain his origin. Do you do the origin story, or do you do this where you just kind of, like, mention it, and then just, like, you're in the first story, basically? I think that should be done on a case-by-case basis. Like, do you start with story zero or story one? You know what I mean? I'm cool with story one with flashbacks that make sense to story zero, like... Uh But, I don't know, right here, it's like, it was kind of fine right here, because there really isn't too much depth to it. But if you're doing something like Spider-Man, but like, you know, the first movie, it made Ooh. sense to do the origin, like, from year zero. Yeah. So, it, it depends. 
I like origin stories. I think they get a bad rep because a lot of them are just very repetitive. Like we see the same thing over and over again, you know, and I think it's more of a problem with the genre and the formula than it is like a good or bad origin story. Like I think Doctor Strange is a really good origin story. I think Iron Man is a really good origin story, and I can watch those movies over and over again. And they are very they are similar though, but also the characters are similar. Those two are similar, but let's maybe go to like Guardians of the Galaxy. That's an origin story. You see, yeah, you, you put the team together. By the end of the movie, the team's together. It's an origin story for the team, not necessarily like the sure. people on the team. Yeah, but like you know, Batman Begins, great origin story. Yeah, I love that movie, and you can do all kinds of things if you make the story interesting. You don't have to worry about like, oh, well, we got to get him in his costume with his superpowers doing the thing. Otherwise, people are going to be bored. Yeah, therefore, we have to do the we have to knock out the origin story in twenty five minutes. Otherwise, people are going to check out and go home. And that's what you see a lot in, like, fucking Catwoman movie. We saw that didn't even need an origin story because she was a pre-established character. Yeah. Like, um, is it weird if I'm going to say I actually liked the origin story in fan stick and I think everything after they got their powers was terrible? That kind of makes sense. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you make the movie an interesting origin story, it's not necessarily boring or repetitive or anything. Yeah. And so, like, I could see this film being about the first... Hold on. Did I not talk about... What? I didn't talk about... I skipped all this part. You skipped his origin. Fuck, I skipped his origin in the fucking... Okay, so let's talk about it now. Sorry, I skipped his origin <laughs> when we were talking about in the comics. In the comics, his dad sells him to slavery with an Apache tribe. That's why he hates slavery. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, who work him to the bone until he saves a chieftain and is welcomed as a full-fledged member of the tribe. He has a fight to the death with a tribe member, and he has to cheat, and so he's branded and cast out. And then after that is when he joins the army. So in this movie, they change that to be like, it's the Confederates who do that. And I think it's, they don't want to make, you know, Native Americans look bad. Like, make them the villains of your I guess, movie. Yeah. Instead, you know? they just made them stereotypical nobodies in this movie. Kind of, yeah. But, I mean, his wife is Native. I think, well, we saw we her for like half saw, a we second. We see her for one shot, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, 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 then, and then their son also. It's similar, but not quite the same well and the thing is is like if you made that the movie i think that could be really interesting Mm -hmm. you know and then by the end of the movie you've got the fully fledged jonah hex that maybe you can use in sequels and whatever but like like i said i don't necessarily think you need to just kind of exposition his his origin at the beginning of the movie it just feels like you skipped over a lot you know what i mean it would have been better just show his origin at that point if you're gonna put that little effort into it Yeah. yeah The movie really wanted to get to this next scene, like, right away, you know? And it wasn't even that exciting. No. Like, (laughs) everything they glossed over, I'm like, that sounds a lot more interesting than what you're about to show me now. Mm -hmm. You know, it was like, oh, all this stuff happened off screen. Yeah. That's the stuff that should have been in the movie, not this next bullshit we're about to get. And also, like, why can he talk to dead people now? It's not actually explained. It's just like, oh, I got close to death, so now I have powers. Yeah, well, what? that's the thing. That's like the biggest question in this movie. And they just kind of like bulldoze through it. They really just show fast. that he can do it. And then well, you're he, like, oh, yeah, we heard what you can do. No, no, in the animated sequence, they, they he mentions it for like a split second. It's not dove into in the slightest. Well, that's though. what I'm saying. I'm like, that's the interesting part. Even though it's a bullshit superpower that's not from the comics. It you're did skipping. make for some funny scenes, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're skipping the interesting parts. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. what you should be showing. Now he's. He sees dead people, so, all right. Philly had a note about the talking to dead people, too. He said, uh, so how does he talk to dead people? 
And he guess the context in the movie is he almost died, so he just can now. Yeah, that's kind R- of it. really a weird supernatural inclusion to the movie. This is just a way to get from point K to Q because this jumps so goddamn. Much. Yeah, the man named John says they did a hand wave. It was a it's a huge hand wave. It was a team of people just waving their hands, <laughs> uh, like don't worry about this at all. We need to move on. Uh, and before we go on, I, I need to mention this movie's eighty one minutes long with credits. Very short. It's like an hour 15. Breakneck speed. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> Jonah Hex rides into town dragging three corpses to collect his bounty. The town sheriff refuses to pay him, revealing there's an illegal bounty twice as large for him. Jonah sees one more coffin than he was expecting, and the sheriff's posse starts shooting at him. Jonah Hex somehow procures, and I swear to God, two miniguns on each side of the horse and guns them all down. <laughs> he shoots down the last man who jumped out of a coffin and blows up the building for good measure. Why was the man in the coffin already? He was hiding. To, like, surprise him and then put him in the coffin? Yeah, that was like that was like one of their posse members. He's like, oh, I'm going to hide in the coffin. Except shooting starts happening. He doesn't jump out till like, three minutes later. He's an idiot. <laughs> He's like, oh, guys, are we doing this yet? <laughs> You didn't say when. <laughs> He's probably oh, like, oh, shit, I think my friends are dead. He should have just stayed in the coffin. Mine is, yeah, just just write it out. <laughs> That's what I would have done. Maybe you'll survive. Um, uh, jump out like that guy in Iron Man 3 be like, look, I don't even like these guys. They're so weird. <laughs> and just leave. And <laughs> just walk out. Uh, it's shorter than Disney movies. Yeah. Um, they had to limit the movie because Megan Fox is thumped. Hey, that's mean. <laughs> Yeah, Megan Fox has toe thumbs, but that's okay because <laughs> it's not that big a deal. <laughs> I don't uh, think they really show her hands in this movie for longer than like a frame. I mean, you'd have to know they're there to find them, I guess. Yeah. Why does he blow up that building? Didn't like civilians go in there? He blows up every building he finds, yeah, by the way. I don't know if civilians went in there. I saw, there were a lot of people, like, hiding. A lot, like, of, a lot see of a buildings get blown up in this movie. This movie is so close to doing Western tropes, and then it does it. And it um, pisses me off so I much. I do like how he puts the, the sheriff badge on just, like, the random drunk slob standing in the street. <laughs> I, I thought that was, like, a disabled person. He's like, Was it? I, maybe. I couldn't tell. But I, that was my tell. impression. He was like, you know what? You're... Like, but you he, deserve this. He, he and gives he him sheriff yeah. and he just smiles. He's happy. I I don't uh, know. I couldn't <laughs> tell because also it's a Western. Yeah, but it, <laughs> there's certain tropes. Like, he's riding into town. He looks like a gunslinger. You know? And he then is he, a gunslinger. Right, right, right. But, I mean, he's he's got the look. He's turning in this bounty. He's carrying three corpses with him. You know what I mean? Like, it's this is all on paper really cool stuff. Town folks start hiding because they know a shootout is coming. Right? That's a little bit of, like, visual trope. Of the genre that you're like, ooh, action's about to happen. And then, like, miniguns? You know? <laughs> like, he's a gunslinger. He should be slinging guns. I think they were trying to make it, like, comic booky, but Oh, no. They're trying to make it, like, extreme, which, I mean, that is what these guys, the writers of these movies, are. Yeah. they are over the top. They're Another extreme. Another thing, like, like, the score in this movie, like, at this part, too, it's like... Mastodon, by the way. Which is cool. <laughs> But I don't think it fits. It's like it clashes not with the all. movie. It's good music, but not in this movie. Not at all. Put a yes. Put a pin in that when we get to the music. Cause I do want to talk about that. Turnbull and his men, some strapped in TNT and disguised as Union soldiers, raid a passenger train. They steal weapons and blow the rest of the train up with TNT, detonated by his lieutenant Michael Fassbender. 
Magneto. By the way, there's several actors in this whose names I just didn't catch. And I'm like, if I didn't catch them and their names are not important, people listening to this podcast won't know. Well, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I'm like, fuck it. It's Michael Fassbender. Like, and he acts his ass off. <laughs> incredible talent. Yes. Let's get to it. But um, meanwhile, the president of the United States, Ulysses S. Grant, is informed of the train bombing by Lego Batman himself, Will Arnett. The terrorists seem to have no discernible plan, and the president demands Will Arnett find Jonah Hex, saying, and I quote, the very fate of our nation may rest on the shoulders of Jonah Hex. So. <laughs> That's the president of the United States, by the way. So, um, this movie is Wild Wild West, but less fun. I, what? <laughs> I haven't seen Wild Wild West, actually. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. We should watch that. Also, like, Will Arnett being in this movie is kind of odd. He is so miscast. <laughs> because he plays a serious soldier. And you're right. like, no, this that's is Will not... Arnett. Yeah, no, I'm like, this is not for him at all. And I'm not saying that, like, he, maybe he could be a good, serious actor. I'm sure he could. I'm sure he could. But you're wasting your talent here. Like, he's a comedic actor. Yeah. You know, maybe, that's fucking... At least have him be sarcastic. Oh, my, my God. God. That's, that's Lego Batman. That's... Joe Bluth. Yeah, like, what are you doing to him? This is very self-important, this part of the movie, where, like, the fucking president is like, there's nothing we can do without Jonah Hex. We need him to save this country. Um, Side note, the actor looks just like Ulysses S. Grant. I don't know if you've ever seen a I've picture of I've noticed a lot of, of movies, when they portray presidents, they usually do a really fucking good job with he, it. Yeah. <laughs> he he really, really looks like him. Apparently, he shot all this in three days. In and out. Boom. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> this feels like a trend of the era where the main character has to be the fucking best at everything. You know? But Jonah Hex is the best gunslinger in the West. That's fine. But the fucking president of the United States is like, no, fuck the army. We're completely useless. We need to get... This random cowboy. That's He's true. the best one. Like, this cowboy is, is so going important. to stop the terrorist attack. It feels kind of like Armageddon logic where they're like, we need these drillers to save the world because no one else can do it. We need these fucking like blue collared. Yeah, teach the astronauts how to fucking drill. Yeah. Like, we need these Budweiser sipping like real manly men to like do this. Because I don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> also miniguns. Yes. The man named John. Oh, yeah. He miniguns. does have miniguns. And apparently the army doesn't have that. No, no, nothing. Uh, <laughs> Michael Fassbender was the Irish character, and my God, what a performance he gives us. He might be the best character in this movie. Michael Fassbender is great in this. He is sadistic in this movie. Also, he's Irish. He's half Irish. Speaking of, we were in the chat just now talking about suicide bombers. A lot of this feels like, what if 9-11 was cool and edgy, <laughs> but a Western? You know? I mean, that, yeah, because what's their plan? Uh, well, we find ter- out the plan later. We find out, but they're basically but just terrorists. They're just terrorists, yeah. I mean, it's a decade on from 9-11, but I don't know. That's That was the vibe I got. I was like, hey, what if 9-11 were fun? Like, let's make a movie about it, you know? But it's a Western. But it's a Western, and it, it superpowers. <laughs> because they don't have, the villains don't have motivation in this, like, at all. Other than, like, he's a, he, he's a confederate I think the motivation general. is, like, fuck America. Fuck, yeah, right, because it's, like... A few years past the end of the Civil War. Yeah, like, you know? oh, you know, I was a, an important person in the Confederacy. We lost. Fuck America. I'm going to go kill the president. Fuck America is not enough. Like, <laughs> he would need... I could get behind that if we had some character moments with him, which obviously we don't have in 81 minutes. But if we... <laughs> no, we get none of that. You know, and it... And it and um, it's John it, Malkovich. It's fucking John Malkovich. 
fucking John Malkovich, <laughs> by the way. And I hadn't mentioned that. The villain is John Malkovich. Top tier talent. Yeah. Top tier. I love John Malkovich. And honestly, when he's talking, like his performance is good. He's a, Oh, no. All the actors are amazing. It's, so it's many a- good actors in such a <laughs> weird, bad movie. Oh. Amazing actors. Topped out. The cast in this is incredible. Oh, the talent in this movie is I get ridiculous, it. and it's wasted. It's, <laughs> the, the amount of talent in this is, is insane. I get the feeling that a lot of these line reads, that a lot of these lines were like changed by the actors. They're like, I don't I'm think the character this. would say it like this. Yeah, I'm going to say it differently, and then boom. Like, they made it so much better. And Josh Brolin makes a lot of this dialogue really good, I think. He sounds like a badass cowboy. Yeah. Anyway, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. <laughs> this this is going to happen to me a few more times, by the way. <laughs> Jonah Hex. Jonah Hill's the only one that can save this country. <laughs> God, what if that were true? <laughs> I want to see that movie. Uh... Jonah Hex murders a man at a bar for speaking to him. I laughed at that. Why? I mean, I get it. It's a Wild West, but still. Because it was so ridiculous. Like He, <laughs> he gets vaguely insulted, and that's all it took. <laughs> and the guy's like still in the middle of talking. Jesus. And we meet Megan Fox's character with a close-up on her leg, obviously. She's a prostitute who's very popular with her clients. Jonah, I keep wanting to say Jonah Hill. Jonah Hex shows up at her door, and they sleep together and catch up. She wants to run away with him. The army shows up to induct Jonah Hill. Oh, my God. To induct (laughs) Jonah Hex. It's very difficult. The army shows up to induct Jonah Hex into their service, claiming Turnbill is alive. They take Jonah to their camp, where he interrogates one of the terrorists from the train who has recently died. I'm going to put a pause here because I feel like I'm, I'm recapping too much in one paragraph. Also, Jonah Hill's not in this movie. I know. This is you do it. It's very difficult. I'm really torn on her character because they don't give her any depth. She's kind of she's just, just a, a hot girl. She's just kind of the hot girl. She's just sort of just she, a prostitute. She's like sort of badass. She kind of is later on, but for the most part, she's just a prostitute, and she's really hot. And like everybody wants to like bang her over and over again, and she's like, "I'm and done Jonah for today." Gets to do it for free. And that's one of those things, again, part of the whole this whole era of your protagonist has to be the coolest, the hottest guy, right? So, like, she just turns down, a, a, like, a guy. And he, she's like, nope, like, I'm done. I'm not taking any more clients or whatever. She yells at him because like, he wants to run away with her. And she's like, no, like, our, this is a transaction. That's it. And then Jonah Hex gets there and she's like, oh, but I'm, a, I'm obsessed with you, actually. All these people are obsessed with me, but I'm obsessed with you. And you he's know? like, It kind of puts right. him on a pedestal. Like... Ghostwriter yeah. when fucking Roxanne. Yeah, when Roxanne's in love with him for no reason. And it's like, why? And now she's questioning if she's pretty or not. You know, it's like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. When he shoots the guy, Jonah says, cut myself shaven. <laughs> His delivery is very good, though. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's no bad acting in this, but let's move on. Uh, maybe Megan Fox. She might be she, the worst. She's the weakest of the bunch. I wouldn't and say that she's even, bad. Yeah, exactly. Like, But, yeah, I, definitely the weakest. Maybe Wes Bentley. I don't think he was very good. <laughs> he didn't do too much. That, that, too. So they take Jonah Hill. Fucking A. They take Jonah Hex to their camp where he, where he interrogates one of the terrorists from the train who has recently died. By touching him, he sort of comes back to life for a second. As long as Hex holds him, he'll be in excruciating pain until he touches dirt. Because dirt likes dead, dead likes dirt. Simple as that. 
That's the best line in the whole movie, by the way. <laughs> he gets the location of Turnbull's colonel and lets the terrorist slip back to death. Jono rides off alone. Hey guys, it's time for a quick break and we will be back in a flash. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. I also like earlier in that same scene when he takes a drink and like the whiskey like spills out of the hole in his good. cheek. I like that. That that is good. A lot of times when he talks though, it's a little hard to understand him. Which makes sense. It makes sense, but I feel like but maybe the prosthetic could have been a little bit I, better. I had subtitles on, so that helped me. I had to turn on subtitles when he talks sometimes. <laughs> also, it sounded a lot like someone who has chewing tobacco in their mouth. Yeah. Like when they talk and they kind of put it under their Which lips. Is a very cowboy thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not against it. It just didn't. Uh, it did make it a little difficult to understand sometimes. Yeah, uh, he's such a good actor that he pulls it off anyway. Yeah. In a flashback, we see Jonah burn his face off to rid himself of the brand. Turnbull visits a corrupt politician who gives him the location of a super weapon. Jonah finds the colonel in a gladiator fighting circus led by Michael Shannon. By the way, it was kind of hard to tell it was him. It's impossible to tell him. He has two seconds of screen time, and that's not... I literally mean that. He has two seconds of screen time. <laughs> Where some guy named the Rattlesnake is fed snake poison, and he goes fucking crazy on the other guy. The colonel says Turnbull is dead. Jonah fights him and throws him into the fighting pit, where I guess Rattlesnake bites him or some shit. <laughs> Outside, he fights more guys, befriends a dog, and accidentally sets the entire circus on fire, presumably killing everyone inside. Because that's what Jonah does. That's, that's what, what Jonah Hill does. That's what Jonah Hill does best. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Shannon is in this movie, and he gets two seconds of screen time. And I only know this because I saw him in the fucking Wikipedia, and I'm like, excuse me? Where? Michael Shannon? And I had to go back. General Zod? Yeah. I had to go back, and he's named Dr. Cross Williams. He's the ringleader of this goddamn circus. Why does he have a two-second role? He has... Literally, like, a second in some of screen time. I want to watch his college humor thing again where he reads the sorority thing. We talked about that, right? We talked about that last year. Yeah. yeah. I'll link that again below because if you haven't seen this, you need to. Uh, It's Michael Shannon reading an angry sorority email, and he just, like, acts the shit out of it because, of course, he's an amazing actor. It's so good. (laughs) The fact that he gets, like, a second of screen time. Like, you hear his voice for a little bit longer. Apparently... He had signed on for, like, a recurring role if they made sequels. As the ringleader? I don't know. And, like, this movie was going to have... Or this movie got, like, extensive reshoots, apparently. And it got cut up to shreds. And it's only 81 minutes. Is that why it feels like we're just jumping from one location to the next without any sort of... Maybe. Anything? Michael Shannon, or probably his stand-in... Runs in, throws an axe on the floor, and runs out. <laughs> and it's like, here you go, guys. Fucking figure it out. Start axing at each other. I would, I would have liked to see more of this. Whatever the fuck this was. <laughs> I'm not against supernatural elements. It just feels like this no, movie could have been so much better. Just a straight western. This movie also could have been better if they actually put effort into the supernatural shit that they put in here. Either go all in or like, yeah, not like at all, all the supernatural yeah. stuff. It was like a half measure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like his power, it's cool. 
now go into depth with that. Yeah. Don't he, just be like, oh, yeah, you can talk to dead people. We'll show it twice and yep. uh, we'll show it three times. But And that's kind of it. <laughs> yeah. We just show them do it. It doesn't. Whatever. I'm going to talk about this a little bit later. It comes up more. But everything gets set on fire in this movie. Including every building and every person. There are probably, if you count oh, yeah, them All up, those people on the train got blown the fuck up. Yeah. And all the people here. Like, there are probably hundreds of. Maybe almost a thousand fiery deaths in this movie, like fiery specifically. Yes, there's this family. There's the train. There's this. There's um. There's a lot of first fi- town. Yeah, there's a lot more fire coming up. By the yeah. way, <laughs> this is the. It's got a real like fire fetish. This film. <laughs> what better way to to end it? Yeah, Jonah Hex goes to the grave of Jeb Turnbull, digs him up, and awakens him. Jeb equates Jonah and his father both as killers looking to ease their pain. He points him to F- Fort Resurrection. Jonah Hex visits Smith, a black armorer who supplies him with his weapons. They clarify for the audience that Jonah isn't racist, despite fighting for the Confederates initially, never supported slavery or secession, and is truly just an anarchist who wishes to not be governed. Meanwhile, Megan Fox murders one of her customers. The entire part with Jonah and Jeb, I know it wasn't supposed to be funny, but I was rolling laughing at the fact that he brought him back to life and he just he attacked him they fought for a little bit he dropped him he died again and he picked him up and brought him back to life they started fighting and he drops him again that's a little bit funny i Uh, don't know if that was supposed to be funny or not but i was fucking laughing i thought he was gonna like go get some restraints or something be like all right he's gonna wake him up again i don't know Uh, he was gonna put like a yoke on him or something like yeah but But no they just just start talking no he just pins him down i'm like that's nothing and it's funny too when he's like yeah, I killed you. Sorry about it. <laughs> also, that's Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I noticed that. I love Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He's the dad in Supernatural. He goes uncredited, by the way. But that is Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Again, another amazing actor. Just wasted in this movie. Uh, it's really dark. He's got a big beard. You, you kind of can't recognize him. But yeah, that's... I recognize his voice and oh, yeah. his eyes. Well, Fort Resurrection, because he brings people back to life. Do you get it? Yep. That's a bit on the nose. It cannot um, be a real place. This felt really ham-fisted this, to this whole scene, and it's kind of necessary, this part of about, like, he's your hero, and you have to explain that he's, like, not a bad person. I kept on thinking, I'm like, they're going to need some black people in this movie real quick. There's one. If we're supposed to believe, like, this confederate is a hero. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> and then I'm like, this scene is very much necessary in this movie, but I don't think it was... It was just kind of like spoon-fed to the honest, being like, look, he's fine. This black person endorses him. Therefore, that's all you need to know. It's okay. I have a black friend. <laughs> uh, and that is... Uh, fuck, I wrote his name down. He's a guy from Lost. His name is Lance Reddick. I've seen him in a few other things. I like him as an actor, too. He's in Lost. He's in the video game Quantum Break. <laughs> yeah, he's done uh, several he, video game things. He's the villain. He has an amazing voice, so he should be doing a lot of voice He does. Acting, he's, uh, he's got a very... Um, it's very smooth. Yes. That's the perfect way to describe yeah, it. I, I like this guy a lot. He's kind of scary looking, too, in uh, in Lost. Because oh, yeah? you see him one time, and then you don't see him again for like four more seasons. And you're like, who the fuck was that guy? <laughs> he's scary as shit. And you think he's a, a hallucination? Anyway, we should do a Lost podcast after this. <laughs> we have to watch the whole damn <laughs> Hell thing. Hell yeah. So good. Jonah, Jonah, oh my god, I don't want to say Jonah Hill so Jonah bad. Hill arrives at their fort. <laughs> now I'm just re-envisioning this entire movie of Jonah Hill, by the way. Uh, Jonah Hex arrives at their fort and learns of Turnbull's plan because it's painted on the walls. 
He'll use the weapons to destroy Washington, D.C. during the centennial celebration. Jonah kills dozens of men with his new firework handheld crossbow. That thing was cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> Michael Fassbender shoots Jonah twice, and yet Jonah somehow still outwits him and escapes. Dying, he hallucinates a scenario where he gets shot by Turnbull. His horse, apparently named Horse, takes him back to the Crow Indians who save him yet again. He has traumatic visions of his family dying, and a crow escapes his mouth. He sends a message to the army informing them of Turnbull's attack plan and rides off with the dog. So... I do like that the dog is just following him this entire movie. It's This is weird. This whole sequence is just weird and a little bit confusing because everything's just kind of happening. Like when he starts hallucinating. and then yeah. like, It's such like a quick cut to just what's happening. There's a lot of very weird editing in here. Uh, and it only gets worse. For example, when Turnbull arrives to the base, there's two scenes that take place in the same exact setting and they're being intercut together. And it's Turnbull explaining to Michael Fassbender their weapon and their plan, right? Yeah. Um, and they're looking at the plans on the wall. Meanwhile, that is being intercut with Jonah Hex literally in the same room looking at all these plans. Yeah. At first, I thought like he was infiltrating at the same time that they were there. Right. It's like a creative decision that is, I think, not very smart because all it does is confuse the audience. It could have been done better. I get what they were doing. It makes you question who's here at what time. Because there's nothing showing that one of them's like a flashback and one of them isn't. Yeah, it's just like, it looks exactly the same. Yeah. And if it was edited any differently, it might look like they were literally together in the same place. And they're just not acknowledging each other's presence. <laughs> you know? And I'm sure someone could watch this and view it with that it's opinion. Like, why, you why? Know? The bad guy's right there, Jonah. Like, you guys are having a full-on conversation. What's happening? You know? <laughs> and then apparently only a few seconds have gone by because then he, like, fucking Turnbull's, like, down the hall. So it's, it's confusing. It's a very strange way to edit this. Like, and it doesn't help in the slightest. It doesn't enhance the scene at all. It's just very, yeah. it's very questionable. And then, um, the crow Indians say, like save him because plot, I guess. Yeah. We don't know why they even like him. <laughs> they just keep saving him. <laughs> they, in this movie. they find him. They save him. He walks away. Well, like the horse knows to go back there. It's weird. It's a little bit weird. Again, it's the origin story we missed. Yeah, exactly. Can we can we talk about how easily he outwits um, Michael Fassbender? Like, Michael Fassbender had him dead to rights. He should have just shot him. Jonah Hex shoots, like, a crate of dynamite, which could have exploded. You know? I thought it was, was going to. So all I did was, like, light just one yeah, bundle. And Michael Fassbender's like, look, this is all you did, idiot. Like, shoot him first. Like, there was no reason Michael Fassbender had to turn around and be like, all right, let me get this dynamite out. First of all, don't go anywhere near that crate. <laughs> like, it, you don't know. And then he's like, Jonah, where, where'd you go? Where'd you go, buddy? <laughs> uh, he ran away, you fucking idiot. You turned around for too long. I think it just it just gave Michael Fassbender, like, a chance to monologue. And, and that was fun. That's fine. Yeah. And he has a beautiful Irish accent. It's so good. I loved it. And I, I really do like him. But Oh, and then he throws the fucking dynamite right, in the as air it as it explodes. Like, how did you know that was going to do it's, that? Well, it has a fuse. Oh, this is dynamite. It keeps on saying TNT. This is all dynamite. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, in the chat, let's see. Jonah Hill and Turnbull have a WWE-style casket match. Yes. Is that when they, they just roll out a casket out for fun, right? And you got you to gotta put the other person into the casket. Sometimes they had buried alive matches where you had to get somebody into the casket and then put a bunch of dirt over them <laughs> using like a giant. This sounds like such using a... machinery. <laughs> this sounds like Duck Duck Goose. 
<laughs> like you got to get in the chair before the other guy gets in the chair. Like it's it's ridiculous. Otherwise, you lose. <laughs> you basically, like you knock the guy out in the casket and then you bury him. <laughs> and it's buried literally called alive. a buried alive match. <laughs> More people getting lit on fire with the little fireworks uh, gun, which was fun. Yeah. The little crossbow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's just so much fire in this. What is this whole fight that they're having in the clay? It's weird. It's happening in his head, I think. Is it like an ethereal plane or something? That's what I got. That's what I got, too, but also, like... Because it comes back later in the movie. Why? That's the burning question. Burning. Are they connected? That's what I'm saying. Are they having a fight, like, spiritually together? Like an Electra? Because, yeah. (laughs) Because it's not clear, like, does Turnbull... Did he, like, survive the fiery hotel thing? Is he also kind of half undead? Or was that just all, like, a lie? No one knows. Yeah, I, It's I never explained. I don't know movie. why I asked you, like, you had, like, you had a definitive I ha- answer. I have inside <laughs> knowledge on this. No, I, I have no idea. Oh, my God. All that got real confusing. It doesn't help that this movie moves at a breakneck pace. Yeah, because the crow coming out of his mouth, that was also in his head. Because then he wakes up after that. Yeah, I don't think a crow literally came out of his mouth. Right, right, right. That'd be kind of fun, though. It'd be cooler if it did, and that would add more supernatural stuff to this movie. But, you know, sure. we can't be doing that. No, not at all. Absinthe in hand, Turnbull tests his new weapon on a small town. They first shoot these huge cannonballs and then a small dragon ball that sends out a wave of energy that detonates them. It looked like a dragon it ball was, without the star. It was exactly a dragon ball. I'm surprised no one goes, guys, we need to redo this. This is a dragon ball. <laughs> <laughs> The president is informed there's no way they can stop Turnbull or predict where he'll attack. Fastbender abducts Megan Fox. How did Fastbender know that Megan Fox was... Real good question. Not Associated po- with Jonah Hill not enough at for, all. Not enough for 81 minutes. That's the answer. Because he just kind of shows up and kidnaps her. Turnbull is just like, go find someone close to him. There's only one person he's, he even gives a shit about. And it's yeah, a it, prostitute. It wouldn't really even make sense for Turnbull to know that. Like, he hasn't really known He didn't him. even know Jonah was still alive until, like, a minute ago. Yeah, they thought they were both dead. Philly's right. He knows the answer. He read the script. <laughs> <laughs> they had a short little fight, too. Kinda. They just slapped each other. <laughs> um, also, the president's dude is like, oh, we have no idea where he's going to attack. How? Obviously, he's going to attack Washington, D.C., and where yeah, where else will he go? Was that not in like the Morse code message and the little telegram that he sent him? Well, apparently Ulysses S. Grant is a fucking idiot. <laughs> no, I mean <laughs> when when Jonah Hill sends the the telegram, he tells them their whole plan. He doesn't say he's gonna attack Washington. Wasn't that the whole point of him discovering that they were gonna attack Washington? It was on the wall. I remember there's a big star over Washington, DC. Yeah, and he's like, Oh no. <laughs> anyway, so I guess uh, they're like, oh, we have so many celebrations. There's no way of knowing where he's going to show up. Bullshit. And they took no, like, precautions at all. He's still, he's having, like, his... um, Like, they have a Navy. They could have parked the Navy outside of Washington, D.C. Yeah. But, like, what's he doing during this? Is he just having, like, is it, it's not an inauguration speech, is it? It's a centennial. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's 1876. The country is now 100 years old. The centennial was also quite important because it also marked the celebration of unity because the Civil War had recently ended. I did like that he's drinking absinthe, though. I thought that was kind of cool. 
He's just drinking absinthe straight. Yeah, yeah, that's because uh, it's like the only drink that you need a spoon for. It's called an absinthe spoon. You put an ice cube over it, and you slowly pour the absinthe over the ice cube. Does that it, taste good? And it cools. No, have you ever had absinthe? Not by itself. It's horrible. Oh. It's very, like, herbaceous. Okay. And it's used, a lot of times in cocktails, it's used as just a drop, kind of like... um. Yeah, like, I've had it in cocktails. I've never had it on its own. Yeah, so it is very potent in flavor. I'm just thinking about the New Girl episode where they all get drunk off of absinthe. When do they get drunk off absinthe? They're, like, staying in a cabin or something, and they have a bottle of absinthe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> absinthe doesn't get you drunker than anything else. It's a regular spirit. It's just, it was illegal for a long time. And that's why it had, like, a really weird reputation. Huh. It was only made legal, like, recently, like, in Actually, this century. I saw a video about that from that YouTube guy. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the... How to Drink? His name? Yeah, How to Drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's cool. He's cool. He's amazing. <laughs> Great YouTube channel. <laughs> Turnbull and his men load the weapons onto a ship and sail down the Potomac River. Jonah Hex arrives and sneaks aboard to fight Fastbender. He outwits him yet again, slaps him in the face with fire, and shoves his head into a propeller, killing him. He brings him back to life to punch his face, and he disintegrates. That part was kind of badass. You know why it was good in the context of this specific movie <laughs> that he has this power and he just uses it to just punch this guy one more time. He brought After him back to dead. life to kill him again. Yeah. <laughs> I'll give him that. <laughs> also, I was confused by his death because I guess the propeller killed him, but then you see his corpse and he looks normal. Well, it's a PG-13 movie. There's so not they, even a lick of blood on yeah, his face. They shouldn't have done it that way, but I think, why? because I kind of looked at it, there's like a small pool of blood sort of in shadow. I thought like half his face was going to get like sheared off. I think a section of his head got cut off and that's what killed him. I guess. Like just like blunt force trauma and then he falls on the ground. Comes back to life. Well, off screen, it looked him. like blunt force trauma because it was like, dunk, 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 dunk. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a propeller like a, it was like a slow propeller. But quick enough to yeah. like annihilate you. it's a boat. It's not like an airboat or anything like that. Yeah. Why does Jonah Hill's hand, I'm just, I'm, I'm. <laughs> You've given up. I've given up. I'm just going, I'm rolling straight into the joke now. Why does his hand light on fire? Because he's badass. Did he like dip it in oil or something? I don't know. Was there oil nearby? It got wet or something. He just—I like, don't think the director thought about it that he much. He just—he <laughs> just lights it on fire, slaps him, and then puts his hand out. So I—I I don't. Well, I think um, no. Uh, Michael Fassbender was burning because remember he didn't have dirt on him. No, no, it was before then. Oh, during the fight, he like slaps him with fire. He lights his own hand on fire. Yeah, how do you do that? That's what I'm saying. I think that's kind of fucked up. Was there like oil nearby? It was it from the. That's not one of his powers that we <laughs> learned about. So, <laughs> so many fiery deaths in this movie. Jonah Hex. Should I just go Jonah Hill? Jonah Hex aims a gun at Trun- Turnbull uh, while he's delivering a rousing speech to his Confederate troops. Turnbull spots him and grabs Megan Fox as a human shield. Jonah surrenders. As the president is about to speak for a tiny crowd, including Smith and his children, Megan Fox breaks him out of their shackles. They shoot their way to the top of the ship. Megan somehow lights a man on fire. Jonah picks up a flamethrower just sitting there and lights several men on fire as he fights his way to Turnbull. This movie should not have been a DC Jonah Hex movie. This movie should have been about the first Ghost Rider. This has Ghost Rider vibes all over it. Like, it is a big Ghost Rider boner in this whole movie. Like, this should have been um, a movie about the caretaker. From the first Ghost Rider movie, and that would have been a much better movie. Yeah. 
these guys that wrote it left, you know, they didn't direct it because of quote unquote creative differences, but then right after it did. Well, because they wanted to get little camcorders and shake them. Oh, yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> but uh, they immediately went over and did uh, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance like the next year. So I wouldn't be surprised if they just really wanted to do a Ghost Rider movie and they're trying to turn Jonah, uh, Hex, Jonah and- Hex into Ghost Rider. Because that whole bringing them back to life to talk to them, that's. It's Hellboy. Similar, though, to like, you know, Ghost Rider. It has Ghost Rider vibes. Yeah. For sure. And all the it fire. It seems like something Ghost Rider would do. Like, hey, I'm going to bring you back to life to question you, and then I'm going to yeah. send you back to hell. This is a closet Ghost Rider movie. Oh, man. It would have been so much better if it was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, right. Everyone's on fire. Um, Big fire fetish. Megan Fox. This gets a little confusing here because she says that. I don't remember if this is the line because I didn't go back. She's like, the daughter of so-and-so. Tallulah something, something. Tallulah Black isn't a fool. But she plays Tallulah Black. That's her character. Right. And then he goes, Tallulah. And then she goes, like, Lila's a nickname. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, Lila. Tallulah. And he's all confused. Now. Is that like an Easter egg to a character? Yeah. Tallulah Black is a character who is sometimes a love interest and fellow bounty hunter to um, go. Almost like Ghost Rider. Okay. Jonah Hex. The line was Tallulah Black didn't raise a f- any fool or something like that. Meaning that her mother's name is Tallulah Black. So is she just. She, meaning she would be like an original character. But she's named after her mother, I guess. Who is like the original. Which the here, He does say <clears throat> Tallulah three times. Yeah. He goes, Tallulah. 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 But my point is like, <laughs> okay, pick one. Either she's. The comic book character, or she's the offspring of a comic book character. But in that sense, the way Jonah Hex is so confused about that, like, Tallulah is the real name, makes me feel like, did you fuck her mom, too? That's gross. Is that what you got Is that from- your daughter? Right. <laughs> but, like, did you not? Because the way he says it back implies that he knows Tallulah if it's really her mother. Right. So not only does it make any sense. It's it, also potentially gross. Yeah. It gives, like, this implication that maybe... He has been sleeping with both prostitute mother and prostitute daughter this whole time. <laughs> Tallulah Black the second? Yeah. Ratcatcher too? <laughs> the implications are, are very questionable. Yeah. Josh Brolin does fuck his own daughter and old boy. What? What's old boy? Technically, it's another comic book movie. Or a manga movie. There was a Japanese movie about it, and then there's an American remake made by Spike Lee. Oh, interesting. And Josh Brolin is in it, and Elizabeth Olsen is his daughter in it. And they have sex? Yeah. That's disgusting. The terrorists fire the cannon bombs into Washington. Turnbull and Jonah fight and fall into the inside of the ship. Megan Fox fights the man who fires the cannon, reaches for an axe that falls conveniently within Jonah's reach. Also, I mean, I'm not going to poke holes into this like, like it's some sort of, you know, movie that thought any of this through, but... It was clearly that that axe went overboard off the side of the ship, and then it falls in the middle of the ship. That's neither here nor there. It's a continuity error. There's another one later, anyway. He uses it to fight Turnbull, and in the most bizarre fight editing I've ever seen, fights him in his memories, in some ethereal plane, and in real life, simultaneously. I hated this because I was confused. So confusing. Each shot cuts to a different setting as we watch what seems to be one continuous fight happening in multiple realities. 
He knocks him down, throws the axe to stop the Dragon Ball from firing. It falls over and explodes the ship just as Jonah and Megan Fox jump into the Potomac River. Wow. <laughs> no, yeah, wow. Uh, real quick, Philly says, I would like to clarify that they keep track of ammo in this movie. A lot of movies around this time didn't. They paid attention to one detail. They paid attention to a precisely one detail. A, a lot of movies still don't do this. Yeah. Maybe two details if you count the absinthe spoon. Mm, that's how you drink absinthe. You use a spoon. Hmm. <laughs> anyway. There was an alcoholic on set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Let me go get my absinthe spoon out of the car. You got to do this right. <laughs> I do this all the time. Let me get you my spoon. <laughs> They're always like very ornate spoons too. Yeah. I think I have one actually. Fuck, what were we just talking about? Alcoholics. Oh, oh the, the thing. It is also kind of a Western trope, like counting bullets. So it's like they kind of pick and choose the most detailed, unnecessary Western tropes, and they ignore all the great ones. Like, yeah. this isn't really a Western, you know? In, it in should genre. be, and it had the potential to be. Yeah. Like, in genre, this isn't a Western. It's just kind of a movie. It's an action movie <laughs> in a Western-based environment. Also, like, there's a scene where Megan Fox is just like, you have a one-shooter, you dumbass. <laughs> I like that. Well, okay, you, sh- you don't have to count to one. It's my point. I know, but also, like, I like that they pointed it out. Yeah. <laughs> carries a gun that small unless of like you're hiding i guess it. a prostitute would that was his gun oh that was his i yeah. thought that was hers that he took like okay so there's mention pointed at him earlier in the movie oh i don't know because he was already in the Maybe. room when she walked in i don't think that was i assume that was her gun that would make more sense because she you know it's revealed that like she has like weapons all over her body because yeah. i think she reached for that gun and uh and he was like, oh, I learned after the first time or something like that. I thought it was his gun. Anyway. Also, that guy was weird and unnecessary. There's a scene that I had it written out on here and I deleted because I'm like, that scene's actually useless. Is when, oh, it's the scene we're talking about where she shoots, the, where he shoots the gun at her. It doesn't do anything. No. Like, he never comes back. Well, he gets stabbed. But it like, I think all that scene was is to, you know, let's give Megan Fox like two more minutes because she only has like 10 minutes of screen time anyway. She might have less than that. And we have to prove that she can fight, sort of. That way, when she breaks out of her shackles later, it's not totally weird. It's, it's still a little still weird, weird how she she was just able to do that. Still weird. And then they fight together. Anyway, it's neither here nor there. Here's my continuity thing. She loses that axe, right? Mm. Right as the guy is about to kill her. She's, like, reaching for the axe to save her. Axe falls down, right? Then Jonah has a whole fight sequence. In his mind among reality also <laughs> he runs back upstairs and then he punches that guy just as he's about to like kill her therefore they just stood there frozen for x amount of time yeah like he just stood over her and be like right, i'm gonna make this last like they just paused because they weren't on screen right that's what happens <laughs> if the camera's not pointed on you nothing's actually happening yeah and then the uh, on the, the boat explodes because everything explodes in this movie <laughs> it's insane Jump off. Very dramatic. Very, again, this feels like it's older than it is. It feels very 90s for them to be, like, jumping off the boat as it explodes. It's yeah. 2010. Anyway, President Grant gives Jonah Hex a cash reward, a full pardon, and offers him a sheriff badge. Jonah refuses it because countries don't have sheriffs. Yeah, no shit, Ulysses. <laughs> uh, he and Megan Fox seem to live happily ever after, and he visits Jeb's grave again to apologize, killing his dad. That part at the end was kind of nice, I guess, because he and Jeb were friends, and you kind of get that from their interaction. Yeah. 
For sure. Because he's like, you killed me. He's like, yeah, sorry about it, but you pulled a gun on me. And he's like, yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> and he's like, no shit. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's the movie. <laughs> also, this country needs a sheriff. <laughs> what was he supposed to Was, was, like, the, was he going to be like the do? first U.S. Marshal or something? Was that what that was going to be? That might have made more sense. That would have made a lot more sense. Like anyway. make him a marshal or something? Yeah. Okay, so that was the movie. Let's move on. American needs a sheriff. Probably worst line in the movie. That's my, that might be the worst line ever. American who, who needs said, a sheriff. Who said that? Did somebody say that? Ulysses S. Grant said that. Oh, he did? He said, this country needs a sheriff. And then Jonah's like, countries don't have sheriffs. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> All right. Analysis. <laughs> I, I want to start off with, uh, and we talked about this. It was, this was sprinkled in the plot section, if you skipped here. These are the writers from Crank, Crank High Voltage, and then later went, the next year, left this movie to do Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, which is our, like, worst movie that we've done. Yeah. Is that the one we voted worst? I Was that the worst? That was hardest to watch, for sure. Yeah, I think it was between that and Elektra for us, but I think Spirit of Vengeance ended up winning. I think Spirit of Vengeance won, yeah. So that's our worst movie, right? So these two guys, and one of the reasons I do not like them is they're known for being like edgy, over-the-top, extreme. And, but on uh, a budget. But on a budget, and studios like that. That's why they get jobs. It doesn't make sense that you can be edgy and extreme and on a budget. If you've listened to our fucking second episode ever, uh, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, we talked about them. But... Uh, for Crank High Voltage, the duo used consumer-grade camcorders, such as the Canon HF10 and the Canon XH-A1. Nevadine, uh, these are two dudes, Nevadine and Taylor, they go by. Nevadine commented on the use of these cameras. We can put these cameras in places that people haven't, and we can put 10 of them in places where people haven't. And one of the things that allows us to do... We're doing this moving bullet time camera rig where we take eight HF10s and we put them on a lightweight piece of speed rail and I can rollerblade and skate around Jason Statham and he's blasting down the street with a weapon and capture just rad images. Oh, what the fuck, dude? I don't like that. This is not the guys you give millions of dollars to. These are the people you get to do like indie films. During the filming of Crank High Voltage, Novadine and Taylor shot over 279 hours of footage during its 31 days of production. I feel like that's entirely too much. I think that's probably because they used 10 cameras at once on camcorders on a budget. And it's it's very evident. Like, we were watching Ghost Rider. Editing that must have been a nightmare. Maybe that's why the editing was terrible in that movie. You've seen Crank? I've seen Crank before, oh, okay. yes. And they um, did the same thing with Ghost Rider. Yeah, you know, uh, Spirit of Vengeance is like... It's very like that times 10. It's very difficult to watch because they're using not production grade cameras. And so the film is like very grainy. It looks very kind of overly produced, you know? Yeah. It's not a good looking picture. And then they hit you with like very bright whites and then very dark darks. And like it makes you dizzy. <laughs> like it really hurts, especially like on a really bright it's almost television. almost like a strobe effect. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they were the original directors for this. And they left because of creative differences with WB. Again, probably more to like go do Ghost Rider because clearly that seems to be what they wanted. Like this movie, we and we said, feels like it should have been a Ghost Rider movie. Yeah. Brolin, Josh Brolin, would later admit that he hated the experience of making the film. 
stating that at one point they had to reshoot 66 pages in 12 days. Jesus Christ. Implying that the filming schedule was hectic. (laughs) Director Francis Lawrence was brought in to supervise a number of reshoots. So the the director that they got is is Jimmy Hayward, uh, and he really doesn't have a lot of experience. He has mostly been an animator for Pixar and then has really only directed Dr. Seuss's Horton Hears a Who. I liked Horton Hears a Who. And then after this, he did Free Birds. So two animated kind of family movies. And then this. And then this. This uh, one's the outlier. There are other people who have who have transitioned from like animation, especially like like Pixar animation to like making movies. Like yeah. um, the guy from Mission Impossible. What's his name? Tom Cruise. No. The director of the newer ones. No. Anyway. Brad Bird. Brad Bird. Thank you. Oh, is it actually Brad Bird? Yeah. That was totally a guess. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Brad Bird... I'm not sure if he's doing the the new new ones or he just did four. He was the one that wrote The Incredibles, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, some people make that transition, but they're probably very talented. And I'm not sure if this guy... Yeah. It, it's hard to tell, like, what, you know... He's only him. done, like, four things. But the whole... Like, the cutting the fight scenes into different places at the same time... That wasn't great. It's a big headache. And I feel like in his mind, he's like, oh, no, this is artistic. This is going to be cool. People are going to get it. People don't get it. Like, you have to remember (laughs) what you intend to put on screen makes sense in your head because you're the one that came up with it. Right. Other people have to look at your artwork and then decipher what you intended. It's not clear. It's too much happening at the same fucking time. I'm still not convinced of that, like, red clay setting, if that's a real place or not. Yeah, was that like an that, astral that, plane? That, was that a flashback to an encounter that they had? Well, the scarring was there, so that didn't make sense. <sighs> Brad Bird did not do the Mission Impossible movies. Brad Bird has done, like, one Mission Impossible movie. Don't you lie to me. Now I need to know what Brad Bird did. He did the Iron Giant. Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Boom. Suck it. He did, Yeah, he did that one. So one of them. He did Tomorrowland. I like Tomorrowland. A lot oh, of yeah. people don't, but I like it. It's not a very hopeful movie. I'm sure there's a podcast out there that's like movies based on Disney rides. <laughs> there's already like eight Haunted of them. Haunted Mansion, <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean, all of them. Um, Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland. More based on a Section area. of a park. <laughs> Carousel Progress. <laughs> <I don't. laughs> uh, have you seen the Muppets uh, Haunted Mansion? No. Came out last year. It's pretty good. Huh, is it better than the Eddie Murphy one? Uh, much better. Okay, because that one sucks. <laughs> it's probably like the best Haunted Mansion movie you could make. Because if they make, and they're going to make another one, but the Ooh, ride. Terror. Like the ride is kind of campy. You know what I mean? It's campy, but it's also like fun. Yeah. So it's like, how else well, do you. I guess campy is fun. But... Yeah. How else do you do Haunted Mansion? You fucking do it with the Muppets. They lean into all the jokes. They make I want a ones. dark it's... and realistic Haunted Mansion that's rated. <laughs> A hard, a hard PG-13. <laughs> Just enough blood. <laughs> and one fuck. <laughs> anyway. So this was given two nominations at the 31st Golden Raspberry Awards. Worst actress for Megan Fox. And worst screen couple, Josh Berlin's face and Megan Fox's accent. <laughs> but... <laughs> I think it's like... Yeah, his face was supposed to be ugly and I think it looked good. Yeah. I mean, okay, so Elephant in the Room, when we talk about this movie, and, and when we mentioned it a million times, are the actors. Yeah. Out of all of, like, the bad movies we've watched, and maybe, like, out of all the movies we've seen so far, none has assembled such a talented roster of actors as this maybe movie. Maybe Amazing Spider-Man 2. 
had like three or four good actors. This has like eight. That's true. This has... I'm going to go down the list real quick. Of just all the high-profile actors we got in here. Josh Brolin, John Malkovich, Megan Fox, Michael Fassbender, Will Arnett, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Michael Shannon. You've got two almost Batman, a Lego Batman. Uh, the Thanos. Tra- you have a Thanos. Cable. You have Cable. <laughs> you have Magneto. Uh, and you have General Zod. And that's just like their comic You have book. April O'Neil. You have April O'Neil. You have Michaela from Transformers. Yeah, she talks to Transformers. <laughs> it's just a ridiculous amount of talent. There are Academy Awards all over these people. Yeah. Like Michael fucking Michael Shannon's in this movie and he got a second and a half of screen time. It's, it's it is weird. such an insult. It's absurd. It is absurd for that man's career. And, you know, lucky for him, like this didn't affect his career at all. Most people don't even know he's in this. I didn't realize he was in this until like <laughs> halfway through the movie when I looked at like the Wikipedia. Yeah. Obviously, like a couple years later, he goes to do like Man of Steel. His General Zod, I think, is like still my top five like villain performances. He's like, very good. He's amazing in that movie. He makes that movie. And then like you see him in Shape of Water. Oh, yeah. Amazing villain in that also. Anyway. He's good at being fucking, like mean. <laughs> Will Arnett is like a serious cannon fodder character because i think he dies does he does he i can't tell I mean, he doesn't show up ever again like no he has like, he has like two like scenes and then yeah. he's just not in the movie anymore jonah hex just kind of waves goodbye him and then we're done with him it's uh he went to go um do some magic illusions oh yeah <laughs> i love arrested development arrested development is very good even John Malkovich. And the thing is, is like all these people are putting in their they're putting in their performances because they're amazing actors. Absolutely. John Malkovich is great. It's a I it's think a Fazbender is a standout though. Yeah. But Malkovich's role is horrible. He's given a horrible role. And I'm not sure if he's even putting in effort or he's just like that good. But <laughs> Brolin and, and Fassbender are really kind of nailing it. Like they're really giving it their all. Brolin is a badass cowboy. And on paper, and I think we said this, like, this movie should be amazing. Like, it should be great. And, and this is just what you get when you get a horrible... it has such an interesting premise. Even the supernatural stuff is interesting. It's not done well at all. I made a huge mistake in watching an amazing Western movie a few days before I saw this. Oh, yikes. I watched uh, Django Unchained. Oh, yeah. And I just kept on thinking. Imagine, like, a film like Django Unchained, which is an incredibly well-written, well-directed, kind of Western bounty hunter movie. Yeah. And you make it with this. You know, like a movie of that this caliber movie could have done it first. That's what I'm that's what I'm saying. Like you just put out an actually well-crafted Western movie, like no mini guns, no supernatural elements, no 81 minute runtime, no Dragon Balls, none of that. No rat, Mr. Rattlesnake, <laughs> Mr. Rattlesnake, feed him the rat poison. <laughs> Jesus. You know, and you just make a movie about like a like a true Western. You stick to. The genre, like Mandalorian. Mandalorian is a Western, and it's incredible because it's a Star Wars movie, but they stuck to the Western genre. You know, I'm going to say A Million Ways to Die in the West is more of a Western in this movie, too. I haven't seen that. It's kind of funny. Okay. I know it's bad, but like <laughs> you, I'm like... You got to like Seth MacFarlane stuff. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Seth MacFarlane's funny. I'd watch it, you know? But just do the gunslinger, do the bounty hunter, bring it down to earth a little bit. Don't worry about big, over-the-top action set pieces. I would much rather him pachu 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 everybody than like pull out two miniguns and very slowly like kind of like crank crank it. Crank, 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 crank. <laughs> yeah yeah like I said before this is an action movie 
that takes place in a Western environment. Yeah, but it it's not a Western. And I think that's where it really suffers. No, I agree with that. And to circle back to the actors, I think Josh Brolin is born to play this role. I mean, obviously Thanos is amazing. Thanos was great. Cable's good, Cable's dude. fun. But, like, find me another actor that can, like... This is the cowboy kind of superhero, right? For yeah. DC Comics. Like, this is the period piece cowboy western name another actor that could do it as well as josh brolin you know like i think he's honestly perfect for this role you can make an argument for jeffrey dean morgan who's also in this fucking movie i feel like he belongs in a western too they could have both been in this film in different roles or in in a different script and god i think that could have been amazing like this movie has a lot of a lot of ingredients for success yeah also why was jeffrey dean morgan uncredited if he had like a full-on like speaking role I think sometimes the actor may not want to be credited. Oh, he's like, I don't want people to know I'm no, in this. No, like they, they get the paycheck and they're like, yeah, but I don't really want to be in this movie. Like, scrub my name out. It's okay. kind of it's kind of like, uh, you know, Alan Moore doesn't want to be credited for his works in movies that he doesn't like. Well, I don't think he wants to be credited for his works in any movie anymore. Right, because he doesn't like movies. Yeah. He hates <laughs> movies. <laughs> Alan um, Moore hates all of the Alan Moore movies. Alan Moore hates everything that's not made by Alan Moore. He's kind of a dick about it, too. Oh, yeah. He's a huge piece of shit. <laughs> like, even the good stuff. We've talked about him before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. we canceled him, didn't we? <laughs> we might have. Did, did we? I don't remember. I need to make a list <laughs> of everyone we've kept or canceled. Oh, Philly, maybe you can remember if we canceled. That was back on LXG, I think. We we canceled Alan Moore. <laughs> I don't know. Like, look, I and usually we break this down in some categories. Uh, story, action, costumes, music, stuff like that. I think we covered a lot, though, and it's weird to like sit here and talk about the cinematography because what I would call this cinematography is better than what Neville Dean and Taylor would have done, and it, that's it. It's just like it feels amateur. Yeah, it does. It, it feels like a low-budget movie. It feels very amateur. You're absolutely right. Yeah. But Neville Dean and Taylor would have made this unbearable to watch, and it's not that, thankfully. No, it's not like an unwatchable movie. No, it's not, and there are parts... It's not good. I think Philly to the J in the chat said like, he liked 20% of this movie, and then the rest of the movie just kind of happens around that 20%. And I think that's not inaccurate. I think there are sections of this film that we had fun with. Some of the comedic bits. I'm not sure if they were actually supposed to be comedic, <laughs> but they, they got me. I thought they were fine. If you're going to rip off Hellboy, then take a little bit of that humor with you, right? Yeah. It's like when Hellboy puts uh, that's half that skeleton around his back, and he's like, yeah, this is Fred. Let's go. <laughs> and everyone's like, what the fuck? <laughs> but I think... The biggest problem for this film and the story goes, it's 81 minutes long. It's too short. That causes a lot of problems. It's too short to get anything like meaningful done. Nothing meaningful happens in this. Like, nothing. Uh, He gets his vengeance, I guess. Yeah. I think what's funny about movies that are that short is that, ironically, like, super short movies like this create scenes that aren't necessary that you could cut. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like that scene with um, Megan Fox. And that client, and they have like a little shootout, and you're like, this scene doesn't do anything at all, other than like it shows her struggle. It shows, <laughs> it shows that she can fight a little bit. But in a longer movie, they would have incorporated that more creatively. Yeah, you know. But this movie is just kind of like, no, we need it. We need it. two minutes dedicated to Megan Fox and fight. What do you got for me? You know. Oh, uh, her client gets mad at her, and he tries to shoot her, and she kicks his ass. Okay. <laughs> all right. Cool. Put it in. <laughs> It feels a little bit like Justice League where they took a long movie and they have to shorten it so much that they added scenes that take up time, but that kind of like... Don't do anything. They just kind of info dump a lot of things or maybe just kind of like 
recap what 30 minutes of exposition in a better movie would have done. Like when they blew up that alien and it's blood yeah, splattered like, on the wall. Yeah, like adding the aliens. It's like, well, we need a reason for them to be following and end up in this place. So the alien blood needs to give them the clue. That doesn't make any sense. Why would it blow up in that shape? <laughs> yeah. Why would you put that in the movie? You know what I mean? And so yeah. a longer movie would have fewer scenes that don't do anything, ironically enough. Which was the Snyder cut for that. Sure. <laughs> you were talking about the music earlier. You know the whole scores by the metal band Mastodon? Yeah, and I was saying like this sounds like a really good... I looked it up and I knew that. The music was good if it weren't attached to this movie. because It doesn't like, fit. It's like the music is at odds with the movie. Yeah, 100%. You know what the music would be great for? Ghost Rider. A Ghost Rider movie. <laughs> it would have been perfect for Ghost Rider. Are you really, kidding me? It really would have been. It's just like a lot of like heavy metal guitar riffs and stuff. Yeah, and it's like, this sounds really good in a different movie. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not feeling this at all. Like... When Megan Fox and Josh Brolin are like doing the the hallway fight, I'm like, this is not the vibe, man. Like, you've got this all wrong. Ah, there's a disconnect there. Yeah, I'm like, this is not the right movie for this. That being said, the score is fucking awesome. It's just yeah, I'll give you that. It just doesn't work for this movie. I know, I absolutely will give you that. It would work in so many different movies. Yeah, Three Tenth of Yuma came to mind at the same time as this movie, and it got a pretty decent cast and is a way. But Three Tenth of Yuma is a good movie. Well, that's also a real western movie. <laughs> it's a remake of a. Re- Are you talking about the original or like the? Oh, he's uh, talking about one. it came out around that time. So the remake came out around that time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. two thousand six, I think. Is Three Tenth of Yuma so um, a few years before? And, like, I think a year after this was the remake of True Grit, and that was also a much better Western movie. Oh, that's a great movie. With uh, Matt Damon and... Is Jeff Bridges in it? Is Jeff Bridges... Matt Damon's in that movie? Yeah. Oh, no, it is Jeff Bridges. He's the... I think it's Jeff Bridges, Matt Damon, and Haley Steinfeld. Little baby Haley Steinfeld, who rolls a cigarette for him. Yeah. Whoa. (laughs) I'm pretty sure Matt Damon is the younger cowboy in that. Oh. And it's, you know, we've gotten now we've gotten Star Wars Westerns in like in form of the Mandalorian, which is so fun. And it proves that you can do the genre, you know, make it modern. I think uh, Blake in the chat just said modern Westerns are really fun. Yeah, they absolutely are. You you absolutely could do that. And putting that kind of flip on that genre, we're like, we're like, oh, no, but we're doing a DC movie. That could be good. That could have been great. This again, a lot of potential. Great. A lot of potential here. And they they (sighs) approached it the wrong way. Because I want to talk about costumes next. It all looks great. The you costumes know? are good. I feel like Megan Fox was just a prostitute. Like, obviously, they well, made her just fight. just a Western, Old West prostitute. Yeah. yeah. But her the character she's based on was briefly a prostitute turned badass bounty hunter. And they could have done that. They should have done, done that. Because if you just make her a they prostitute. They at it. Then she's just kind of like eye candy the whole movie. And she has about 10 minutes and of screen time. And that's probably why they cast Megan Fox at the time. A hundred percent. This is like right. She's like right hot off of Transformers oh, at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's at the peak of like her when people are noticing her, you know? This is this might be around the time of Jennifer's body. Maybe a year yeah, after. About the same time. Yeah. But on um, Josh Brolin, looks amazing. And I really do like the makeup, the, the prosthetics. The prosthetics are actually really good. It looks good. Like I said, she, he's a little hard to understand, but it's not like out of the realm of kind of realistic possibility you know yeah. like plausibility like look at his face yeah he would probably be hard to understand yeah it kind of reminded me of um spider-man 3 well in a bad way i'm saying like in spider-man 3 uh what's his fucking face eric foreman eric foreman i was about eddie to say. brock what's the actor's name 
Topher Grace. Topher Grace. <laughs> Topher Grace cannot speak with the fangs in his mouth. Which, yeah, he's, no, you probably can't because those things are fucking huge. Uh, well, I know, but this is a movie. They should make it so that he can at least say his lines. And he's like lisping the entire time because he he can't with a thing in his mouth. Yeah. It made me think of that, but it made me think of like, you know what? But they did it in this movie pretty well because he sounds like a man who would be chewing tobacco. Chewing tobacco. Also, half his mouth is like melted away. Yeah. Like you said, he takes a shot of whiskey and half and of it, it falls out. Yep. Brilliant. And I was like, that that was actually pretty impressive. Yeah. All that stuff's good. <laughs> His line delivery, like, again, his voice, perfect for this role. When he says things like, you sure it shouldn't be eight coffins? Like, the way he delivers, I'm like, he's in a Western. This this actor's in a Western. But no one around him is. I'm disappointed that he wasn't the Jonah Hex that they brought into, like, the Legends of Tomorrow show. Because that would have been really cool. I would love another shot at this with Josh Brolin. Like, Yeah, just seeing Josh Brolin as the character again would be good. We're never be- going to get that. In a better movie, I would have loved it. Maybe the Flash movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, five coffins. Sure, you don't sure need eight. Sure, you don't eight. need eight. Dirt likes dead. Dead likes dirt. Simple as that. Favorite line in the fucking movie. I think that's a great line. Uh, obviously, if the movie didn't have supernatural elements, and that line wouldn't exist. But I'm saying it's that kind of right. The delivery. Reading. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's amazing. Cut myself shaving. He says after he fucking shoots and the man. And then he murders that man. Yeah, Philly to Jane in the chat said uh, he's just giving me all his favorite lines too. Hex, what happened to your face? Bah! He says, cut myself shaving after he murders that man. <laughs> he was vaguely insulted and that's it. Anyway, do you have anything else on this movie? Should we move on? Uh, you know, we talked about the costumes and how great they were. Um, I don't know if I have anything else to really say analysis wise. Uh, he seems to be wearing, and, and this is kind of a from the comics too he seems to be wearing uh his confederate uniform still is that what Ka- that was kind or is that just of? kind of his is that like a cowboy outfit it might have been the confederate uniform but he didn't have like the insignia on it or anything no, but it did look like kind of the gray maybe he just ripped like overcoat. the patch off of it i'd buy that yeah but the hat was it looked very confederate <laughs> what happened to your face gunshot i'm running out of clever responses for that one friend i like that one that too. one was good too that almost sounded improv <laughs> And again, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of this dialogue was just kind of improved on the spot by all these amazing actors. Because the writing is not there. The writing's not there, but all these actors, like, they did the best they could. Yeah, he's still wearing the Confederate hat. The Canadian knows more about American history than we do. (laughs) I'm not strong on on Everybody knows more about American history than Americans. That's a fact. That is is so true. I know know my fair share, but I'm not not hot on... um, Civil um, War. Civil War, no. It wasn't my favorite subject to study either. Now, when we talk about the colonies. <laughs> oh, yeah, colonial times. That's my jam, dude. Cool, let's move on. Keep or cancel. This is a segment of the show where we decide... What do we do? <laughs> we uh, decide whether we're going to keep or cancel someone? Yeah, we, yeah <laughs> the stars of the movie. In this case, we're just doing Josh Brolin because we're going to see Megan Fox a lot. We're also going to see uh, Michael Fassbender again. Well, John Malkovich. Oh, no. We're not going to see John Malkovich again, It's okay. We? we keep him. Isn't he in a Transformers movie? Is he? Everybody's in those Transformers movies. John Malkovich is, is in Transformers 3. Thank as, you. As himself, or is he a voice? No, he's a he's one of the like army the, guys or something. He's an army guy? He's someone. Sam's psycho boss. I think I only saw Transformers 3 once. He I, is himself. <laughs> I knew John Malkovich was in okay, Transformers. Okay, okay. I guess we can talk about him in Transformers. So, uh, we're, yeah, we're going to do Megan Fox and John Malkovich in some of those movies. We can also do Will Arnett and Ninja Turtles. 
Oh yeah, he's in that. A lot of these actors are like chummy. Like they're in a lot of other things together. Yeah. Is it just like, uh, hey, hey, like we're you're, together you're in again. That project? Yeah. Oh, I'll do that. <laughs> I don't know how Hollywood works. Josh Brolin. He is the son of actor James Brolin. Cool. Neat. Early life, he got mixed up in some sort of surfer gang doing drugs. Is this and, like, before the Goonies? Yeah, like when he was a kid. Oh. Uh, like when he was a teenager and like um, like stealing cars and shit. Damn. Yeah, he was like what a uh, badass criminal. You know, yeah, he was like, uh, <laughs> no, I, I got out of that, thank God. <laughs> a lot of them were doing heroin, and apparently he wasn't. Oh, he, he wasn't about that. No, heroin's <laughs> insane. <laughs> Good for him. The Goonies. This is where he, I first saw him. Huge blind spot for me. I've never seen The Goonies. Ah, oh, Goonies is good. <laughs> I've seen the first 25 minutes of Goonies and then I stopped watching. I don't know why. Uh, like, I had something to do and then I just never it's picked like, it up it's again. It's one of those fun, like, old Spielberg movies. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to give it another shot. I don't... Here's the thing, though. If you didn't see it as a kid, I don't know how you'd feel about it. It's one of those old, like, kid-focused Spielberg movies. Yeah. So it's... I don't know how you'd feel about it. I love that movie, but also... I watched it as a child. We'll have to watch it together then. Yeah. Road Flower. Never seen it. Planet Terror. I have seen that. That movie's fucking amazing. I actually haven't seen that. You've never seen the Robert Rodriguez Wait, the Grindhouse the... movies? That's... Ro- Rodriguez did one and Tarantino did the other one. Which one's which? <sighs> I think Planet Terror was Tarantino's. And Robert Rodriguez was the... Um... I think so. The other one. It's such like a fun double feature. Yeah, they're each like an hour long or something. Right? Yeah. And they're very, like, pulpy and schlocky, and I love them. American Gangster, Wall Street, uh, Money Never Sleeps. That's the sequel to Wall Street, I think, from the 80s. Uh, I saw Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps. I never saw the original. I've never seen either. Huh. With, um, what's his face? Ant-Man. Paul Rudd? No, the other Ant-Man. Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas, yeah, he's the <laughs> Wall Street guy. No Country for Old Men. That's a good one. That's a great movie. That's a great movie. He's like the main character, I think. It's okay. him. It's him and fuck. What's his name? The Spanish actor. Is he Spanish or Mexican? Pretty sure he's Spanish. Is the character Mexican? No, he's Sp- it's Javier Bardem. He's Spanish. Okay. The character's white. He's like American. Fucking great film. W. He, that's a great film. I haven't seen well, Oliver Stone's W. The one about uh, if that's what I'm thinking about. The one about George Bush. Yeah. Yeah. He plays George Bush. Yeah. That was a good movie. I remember the trailer, and I remember thinking he does a really good Bush. Bush was very popular. For like mimics, yeah, to do impressions of, uh, and I think Brolin. I think Brolin very... did really good. I mean, he they, they got him to do the serious movie. It's not like a jokey film. No, no, it's, it's a very serious, serious biopic on George W. Bush. Milk, where he was uh, nominated for best supporting actor. I haven't seen Milk. Along with uh, who was the star of Milk? Um, Sean Penn. Sean Penn. Thank you. Men in Black Three plays Agent K, so the, the young... younger Tommy Lee Jones, and he that's would... a good casting. That is a good casting because they kind of look alike. Uh, also, he was in No Country for Old Men with Tommy Lee Jones. Okay. Yeah, uh, but that's perfect for Brolin because he's so good at just looking angry. Yeah. He just has an angry face. Yeah. <laughs> Another movie that I only saw 20 minutes of is Men in Black 3. I didn't see the whole movie either. Um, I, I stopped because I was kind of not paying attention. Is that on our... Are the Men in Black movies on our list? No, because they are ongoing. They are? Well, I don't know, but they just made one like last year. That was like four years ago. At this no, that point. was like two years ago. That was like 2019 it's or 2020. 2022. Anyway, they might be making more. <laughs> okay. We'll see. 2018. Oh, how the Suck years it. pass. Anyway, as soon as they uh, decide not to make any more. 
Wow. Time is a son of a bitch. <laughs> Old boy, you guys talked about that movie. Yeah. I told you it was 2019. I fucking knew it. It was still three years ago. You suck it. (sighs) Philly, you let me down. (laughs) (laughs) He was considered for Batman in BVS. That's why earlier I said this movie has two almost Batmans. Brolin would be a good Batman, actually. Brolin would have been a great Batman. He would have been amazing. Again, I'm not the person who's always like... This person gave a perfect performance, therefore he's the only one that could do it. No, actors are a dime a dozen. Yeah. They're all talented. They're all talented. Well, not all of them, but, you know, there are many talented <laughs> actors I could all kind of, like, tag team in and, yeah. and, and put in a great performance, you know? He would have been great. Obviously, we got Ben Affleck. but Which is good because... Then we got Thanos. Which was amazing. Yeah. So, <laughs> I can see... Look, Ben Affleck would do a great Batman... I don't see Ben Affleck doing a Thanos. I can see Pierce Brosnan as Thanos. Pierce Brosnan? That Welsh delivery? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, no. Is he Welsh? No, he's Irish. I think he's, he's Irish. And he's an excellent actor. Actor. <laughs> Thanos, obviously, in Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers Age of Ultron, Avengers Infinity War, Endgame, and What If. And I'm thinking if I missed one as a Thanos appearance. I think it's all of them. Yeah. Great stuff. Amazing. Deadpool 2, he played Cable. Again, um, that was great casting. That was really good, too. <sighs> you know the thing about Josh Brolin, I think, is that because he's such a... I don't know how else to say this. He's such a like big, burly, manly man. Yeah. You know, he's got a really square jaw. He's a really handsome dude. Great facial hair. And good actor. Good actor. Great voice. In really good shape. He works in so many roles. You know how like a lot of comic book characters all look the same? They all look like Josh, Josh Brolin. Brolin looks like a 90s comic book character, which is Cable, by he, the way. Yeah, he looks like all of these guys. <laughs> so you could definitely put him in like, yeah, he'd make a great, he'd make a perfect Jonah Hex. He'd make a great Batman. He'd make a, obviously a great he'd Cable. He'd make a great Dash Rendar from Shadows of the Empire. He's a redhead. You can put a wig on him. <laughs> But yeah, he could bring he can, back he Dash could be Rendar. Dash Rendar. They're not bringing back Dash Rendar. I like him. Dash I know Ren- he's a Han Solo knockoff, but he's like the best Han Solo knockoff. <laughs> he is so low on the priority list of characters from the extended universe to bring back in canon. I want to bring back Prince Shizor too, who was the villain of Shadows of the Empire. Yeah. Shadows of the Empire. That was a whole like media franchise. It was everything they, except the movie. They did all of it. Like it they, was like video they game. They did a book, full soundtrack. Yeah. They did a book. They did a comic book. They did a video game. They did a sequel comic book. And they book. all interconnected with each other, too. Yep. It, they were not just all one remakes. of them was the whole story. Like, one of them told a part of the story. Yeah. It was very interesting. I like Shadows of the Empire. Make it canon. <laughs> but the thing is, if you if you were to bring that back, it would have to be just as big. Yeah. Because that was an event, you know? Here's the thing, though. It, yeah, it was kind of a big story, too. Like, you would have to, like, connect a movie with a, two TV series. All of that has to be Shadows of the Empire. Because it was, like, it was basically that whole year between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Oh, uh, anyway. Who went on okay. a Star Wars tangent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're just itching to do Star Wars content. That's what it is. Uh, married Diane Lane. Uh, okay. In 2004, they divorced in 2013, I think. Yikes. Martha Kent herself. <laughs> What's the age difference between them? I mean, the thing is... is Classic, like, good-looking older guys that they look younger, you know? Well, Diane Lane looks good for her age, too. They, they made her look older in, like, Man of Steel and BBS yeah. and Justice League, for sure. Okay, here's... I got some problematic details. Are you oh, ready? Oh, no. 2004, Diane Lane calls the cops and has them arrested on a charge of domestic battery. 
Oof. But drops charges, and they chalked it up to a miscommunication. Here's the thing. Interesting. They were married for 12 more years after that. So how bad was this actually? I don't know. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not going to pass judgment because I wasn't there. Maybe it was I actually don't know. communication, miscommunication. Maybe he know. made some threats, which is also bad. But yeah. I will give them the benefit of the doubt if they continued being married for 12 years after this alleged domestic battery that maybe happened and maybe didn't happen. Right. Right. Who knows? I don't know. 2008, arrested with other actors and crew from the set of w including jeffrey wright oh for a bar fight that's not that bad <laughs> i'm just thinking of like josh brolin and jeffrey wright that's weird <laughs> in jail overnight for being in a bar fight <laughs> josh brolin seems like the kind of guy that would get in a bar fight though i think he's been in a few actually <laughs> um again he kind of ran with a rough crowd kind of an alcoholic maybe uh right. also i think it would be really fun to hang out at a bar with Josh Brolin and Jeffrey Wright. I feel like they would have your back if anything went wrong. Yeah. Also, they have amazing voices. <laughs> <laughs> they can narrate my life is all I'm saying. Oh, oh, we've got a fact checker in the in the chat. Oh. Philly J says he never denied it and they and said there was no excuse. Oh, so he did hit her. Oh shit. Oh fuck, interesting. That's bad. Ooh, but she seemed to um forgive him, I guess. They again they were together for uh, twelve yeah, years. Again, like that Not bad, good. but also like between them i mean it's look it's not my place to forgive him it's her place apparently she did and if she did then okay yeah still bad bad stuff man bad stuff 2013 arrested for public oh did i say that they got they got released and charges were dropped oh okay seems like he got out of a lot of his issues (laughs) 2013 well you know famous people (laughs) handsome white men uh with money uh 2013 arrested for public intoxication that uh, seems like the least on a new year's day problematic out of all of them on New Year's Day? On New Year's Eve, that, I guess. Or oh. New Year's Day morning, I guess. I don't want to say that one's understandable, but... Look, look, look. People get drunk on New Year's all the fucking time. There were times where I very well could have got arrested for public intoxication, is all I'm saying. Same. So I... I didn't do anything problematic while publicly intoxicated. <laughs> I... No comment. So... Okay. <laughs> end of the day, do you keep or cancel? Well, the worst one seems to be the domestic battery. That's pretty bad. That is pretty bad. It seems like she ended up not being okay with it, but like forgiving it. It's whatever issue they had, they seem to have <laughs> resolved it. Ooh, this is a tough one. You're trying to yeah. no, it's hard. Skip around the the issue here without it, you're dancing big, around it. It's a, a bit. big issue. <laughs> yeah, but I don't want to cancel him. You're saying you're okay with wife beating? Is what no, you're saying. <laughs> that's extreme. <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm saying Diane Lane was okay with it. No. <laughs> I, well, that's yeah, the thing. Like, again, I will go and say, like, it's so easy for us to be like, oh, look at this thing. Look at this thing. Like, we don't know. We don't have the facts. No, we have yeah. three article headlines. I saw this on Wikipedia for a minute. You know, it's like backseat driving. Like, uh, I'm not really about to pass judgments based on things I don't know. If it was like, you know, they were in a hotly debated divorce right after like the uh, domestic battery then it's kind of like oh yeah man like that's unforgivable i mean it's unforgivable either way the fact that they were still married for so long afterwards the person who had the and the fact that she dropped charges yeah the person that had the you know opportunity to forgive him apparently (sighs) did if my wife were here she would say 
he probably manipulated her. She was probably under all this public pressure. Like, maybe not. Maybe <laughs> but we she don't lived, know. Maybe she lived in a fucking abusive situation for a decade. That's also maybe. possible. So, I, I don't, don't know. know, though. I'm kind of on the fence here. <laughs> I'm on the fence. I don't want to cancel him because I like him a lot. But he did this one horrible thing that I really don't like. Oh, here's the other thing. Have we already gotten his best performances? Is he done? <laughs> I don't know. what. I don't know. Oh, Philly uh, has a quote. Maybe this will sway me. Okay, yeah. What do you have? Do you have context? <laughs> Is there context? Okay, he says, Josh Brolin said there's no explaining it when he addresses 2004 domestic abuse arrest for allegedly hitting his second wife, Diane Lane. He said, the only person who can explain that would be Diane, and she's chosen not to, so I'm okay with that. The fuck does that mean? It doesn't tell us anything. It yeah. basically said, like... You know what it sounds like? It sounds like he was blackout drunk. And he's like, I don't know. I, he's I, like, I don't know what happened. I basically wasn't there. <laughs> Yikes. Dude, alcohol could Seems be a like problem. Seems like he's got a drinking problem based on all of his other issues, too. I'm going to keep him. Ooh. Might be a hot take, but there are people that have done far worse than he has. I guess that's true. I'm going to cancel just because I'm on the fence. Right. And the thing is, this is like, it's this is such a weird thing to say, but it's like... Is it selfish to be like, oh, he already gave all the performances I wanted oh out of him? God. So, like, what more do you want? You want more Thanos? Thanos dead, bro. He's I gone. Cable's done. We're not going to see Cable again, probably. We will absolutely see Cable again. I think. You think he'll bring Cable into Cable's the MCU? very important to Deadpool. They have a very weird relationship. All right, so maybe I'll keep him then. <laughs> Just so we can see what Cable does. At the end of the day, this fucking segment doesn't matter. At the end of the day, this was in 2004. <laughs> It's not any better now. No, but like, if something were going to happen, it probably would have already. Eh, yeah, maybe. Well, hopefully, well, with the world we live in, maybe not. Again, man, like, rich white actors, like, they're going to get away with everything. Diane Lane opted not to press charges and asked the police not to arrest Brolin. Sometimes fights get heated, like, you don't know. It's easy to <laughs> yeah, be and, like... And then, like, I'm going to side with Diane on here. Keep them, because she did. Oh, well, okay. Let's give her the benefit of the doubt. I'll yeah. go keep. Also, Maybe she knows, she knows what she's doing. What if it's an abusive relationship? <laughs> if Sable were in here, she would yell at me, and I know she'd be so hard on keep or on cancel, I the, mean. But here's the thing. There's a what if for every situation, and based on what we know, which is not much. Okay. Well, there you go. All right. So I guess wow, we both it sounds like we're defending an abuser. Oh, man. Cancel. Cancel. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just fucking dump it. <laughs> I go cancel. Okay. Let's move on. Oh. Uh, that was fun, though. <laughs> Why was that tough? <laughs> that was our toughest one, I think. I think it's because we really like the guy. <laughs> okay, cool. Into the Phantom Zone, this film. Mm-hmm. Jonah Hex. Brother, what do you got? All right. So I'm not, like, mad at anything this movie did. It's weird because I know it's like, this is a terrible movie by most accounts. But nothing about this movie was like, oh... Fuck, I wish this didn't exist or anything like that. It's weird. But also, yeah. like, this movie also doesn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. So I am going to put it in the Phantom Zone. But this might be, like, the movie that if I were to pull a movie out of the Phantom Zone, it might be this one. Really? Like, later on. I don't know. Did you have fun with it? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have fun with it, but I also didn't hate it. Like, I didn't hate this movie. I hated Catwoman. I hated Elektra. I hated Spirit of Vengeance. I don't know. This movie's just like, it's very bad. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like on that level. Okay. It's not like <laughs> egregious or anything like that. I have weird feelings about this movie, but like, 
at the end of the day, Phantom Zone. So Phantom Zone, but first out, if you make any changes down the road. For now, first out. Yes. First out, okay. I don't know. I didn't really have fun. I can't say I had fun with it. I can't say I enjoyed it all that much. Uh, it has some enjoyable elements. It's mostly the actors. At the end of the day, this is a very poorly written and executed film that barely strings a narrative together. It is just barely a movie in like the most forgivable definitions. You know, like <laughs> it was in theaters and we just watched For it. For a on, very short amount of time. And, yeah. And I watched it on Netflix. Like it constitutes as a movie. Yeah. But again, it's barely a narrative. Like Jonah Hex is an interesting character and there's a lot of elements in the source material that should make you go, yes, this is very filmable. You can make this into a movie very easily. You just make make a good Western. Mm-hmm. Lean into the Western elements. Make it classic and yet make it about a DC character in some sort of kind of light superhero way. Kind of like Django Unchained. I feel like that is the best Jonah Hex movie that we never got. You know what I mean? And then have a time traveler pluck him up and put him in the DCEU. For a minute. <laughs> like it happened in the comics. Like Flash, go get him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then he, he and then he has to learn how to drive cars because apparently he he's an excellent driver. Also in the comics, oh, so he's like a wheelman too. Yeah, the actors specifically are there to make a great western. I think they signed up for a great modern twist on a western with comic book characters, and they were let down by the writers and the directors, <laughs> and they're likely embarrassed to be in this. Like I said, Jeffrey Dean Morgan got his name scratched off of this movie. <laughs> so at the end of the day, this is a bad movie. That seems to have a lot of potential. A lot of actors screaming for the potential. Like So much talent in this movie. They are really trying their best. And I would yeah. love to hop into a different universe where these same actors were in a better written version of Jonah Hex. That could have really been something, I think. And all these actors ended up doing a better comic book movie. So it maybe would have taken this movie to plummet for us to see. You know, Fassbender as... Magneto and Josh Brolin as Thanos and yeah, Mike. I said Fassbender. Michael Fassbender as an assassin in Assassin's <laughs> Creed. There you go. <laughs> uh, so it is in the Phantom Zone for me for sure, and that I think does it for us. That's it for this movie. I wanted to add that it seems like Josh Brolin has had a pretty clean record for the past nine years. Oh, you want to go back to Keeper Cancel? <laughs> I just thought about it, and I was like, hang on, he's been pretty like clean lately. Maybe he changed. Okay, well, there you go. Did you keep him? I did keep him. All right, so why are you, what are you defending yourself now? You, you're defending, like... <laughs> I'm doubling down. Okay, he's doubling down. Okay, cool. Burrow, do we have... Oh, fuck, what's our next movie? Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> we just talked about it. I'm like, hang on, wh- what? which movie are we watching? <laughs> yes. I almost said War of the Worlds. No, we're not doing that Tom Cruise movie. <laughs> so I think our basic plan is we just talked about this off recording. We're going to do a Tom Cruise double feature. We're going to do Edge of Tomorrow and then Oblivion. Both are either loosely based on comic books or, or on a graphic novel or. OK, so one is based on like some novel with pictures in it that ended up that, being turned into a graphic novel which, that then turned into the movie. Yeah. So that's that's in on a technicality. The other one is a graphic novel that was never published. And then the guy who wrote it ended up just making the movie anyway, which is also a technicality. But we're, <laughs> we're writing that shit. It's the Tom Technicality Cruise-a-thon. <laughs> that's what we're doing. 
because there's a there's a rumor. Listen, that maybe he's gonna be in a movie coming up soon. So that's why we're doing it. It's relevant. Don't worry. And I won't say any more just in case it it happens. <laughs> yeah, because if it actually happens, then we just we'll just ca- say we called it in the review. That's all. Oh uh, yeah, true. Okay, so that's it for us, you guys. That's what we're watching next time. Edge of Tomorrow is not streaming anywhere. I will fucking buy that shit because I want to own it. I'll rent it or buy it because it's actually a really good it, movie. I, I, ooh, I'm already saying it right now. It's a fucking great movie. I quite enjoyed it, yeah. <laughs> it's very video gamey too. It was very, very, very... Um, It's almost in the Phantom Zone because nobody fucking talks about it. That is true. It is very failed and forgotten, actually. <sighs> and so good. if you are in Canada as... Several of our very most vocal fans hey, are. I can get on NordVPN <laughs> and watch it on Netflix. It's on Canadian Netflix. You have NordVPN. I think we talked about this. Yeah. I'm a sponsor. Anyway. Oh, yeah. That'd be fucking great. They do a lot of sponsorships. They do. <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for, for subscribing. Thanks to that piano dude for a musical intro. Make sure you guys leave a rating and review on Apple or Spotify or how wherever you get your podcast that will allow a rating and review. Please tell a friend, and if you've told a friend, thank you so much for telling that friend. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Films from the Phantom Zone. You can find us on Twitter if you want to argue with us at Films from PZ. We have a Discord where we actually talk with friends, surprisingly family. active. Surprisingly, yeah, we've got <laughs> great. We have a great community. We got friends, family, fans, the triple F's, all in the Discord. We have a very good time, and you can talk to us all week long there. Great discussions. That's linked below. We are on TikTok, Films from PZ. All these episodes are available on YouTube. If that's how you like getting your podcast, we're on there, Films from the Phantom Zone. And we stream all these episodes live on Twitch, on twitch.tv slash filmsfrompz. So if you want to hang out with us, you want to chat with us, you want to fact check us or incorrectly fact check us, which happens sometimes. Hey, we're all human. Yeah, you can do that. Uh, You can hang out with us while we're making the show. It's a real live recording it's about four times longer than the actual finished product. We take breaks. We hang out with the people in the chat. If you want to hang out with us, like Philly and the J, the man named John, Music Runner, Blake was in here. Caleb was also in here. We had a great time here in the chat. It is popping off. So come hang out with us. Eight o'clock. We are here every Monday. And when we're not recording an episode, we are playing a video game. Probably. I want to start Guardians of the Galaxy. That game's so good. Yes. And last but not least, I also, small announcement, we are starting a second podcast. Believe it or not, we etched out some time in our calendar that I didn't think existed. Sort of. Sort of. (laughs) (laughs) To record a second podcast that we will put up on our Patreon. So, look, it's one of those things where it's like, hey, it's not that we're asking for money. It's just that, like, you know, we have our Patreon. We want to put stuff on there. People like to support what... They like to listen and watch. Yeah. And, and we want to give the people supporting a little bit of something. A little extra content. Yeah. So this is, um, again, like sometimes it's the small content creators that sometimes give you, not, I'm not saying we do this, give you a lot of enjoyment for free. Uh, and so uh, that's all I'm saying. And You're saying we don't give people enjoyment for free? I'm just saying like, <laughs> so, like, okay, like people that I give money to on Patreon, sometimes they provide me more entertainment than cable tv oh yeah a yeah, netflix yeah. oh you know, i get or, what you're or saying, on a no. similar level and we pay those assholes way too much money it's all i'm Who, saying network television yes <laughs> fuck Big those TV. guys fuck netflix they're raising their prices while most of their content is leaving netflix it's insane. and going to other people their netflix originals 
are going to Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> look, all I'm saying is maybe Netflix doesn't deserve my money anymore. It's a podcast that we've cleverly titled "Where's Mephisto?" Where is he? Where's Mephisto? He's got to show up one of these days. So uh, basically, we're gonna watch whatever is streaming currently, whether it's an MCU Disney Plus show, a Star Wars Disney Plus show, a DC show on HBO Max, whatever's the thing that's coming out, right? Yeah, we're going to see if if there's any hints of Mephisto anywhere. One of these days, Mephisto's going to pop his ass out, and we're going to find him on Where's Mephisto? And if he ever shows up, then I guess we're fucked, and we got to change the name of the show. Uh, no, the show's <laughs> just over if he shows up. <laughs> if, if Mephisto shows up, then it's done. We're going to start with a kind of a retrospective on Peacemaker. We're going to get that done soon. It's going to be shorter episodes, probably unedited, just because, again, time's a factor. So you're going to get the real raw, confused us. It's going to give us a chance to talk about um, the MCU. It's, oh, yes. After <laughs> after Mephisto shows up, we'll change it to there's Mephisto. <laughs> well, yeah, it turns out he was in uh, Moon Knight all along. Oh, there he goes. Question <laughs> answered. Mo- moving on. <laughs> And maybe, who knows, maybe he'll pop up in Obi-Wan. <laughs> There's Mephisto. He's the bad guy in Obi-Wan Kenobi. So he's going to give us a chance to talk about Star Wars, DC, independent comics, like uh, whenever they do that in uh, live action. Invincible. Invincible. The or Boys. The next, maybe the, the next season of Invincible, the cartoon, The Boys. All Are you going to start watching The Boys? I guess I'll have to. <laughs> Hell yeah. that's It's a good show. Yeah. And mostly, me, me and Berto end up talking about this in our real lives. All we're going to do is put some microphones in front of us. Yeah, because they're, they're not going to be, like, full, in-depth analysis like this is. It's more of, like... More like, let's give 30 minutes to each episode, you yeah, know? Yeah, maybe some speculation if it's something that's currently running. Why, no, that's what I'm saying. Watch Mephisto oh, I'm going to be so upset. <laughs> like, episode one of Moon Knight, there's Mephisto and be like, fuck this bullshit. <laughs> The, this the Egyptian work? god Khonshu has actually been fighting Mephisto this whole yeah. time. This only works if we never see Mephisto ever, yeah. which I'd be fine with. He's not that yeah, important. Because <laughs> the title's just a joke. It's a loose construct to watch streaming television together as a family. So uh, <laughs> anyway, that will be up. I'll, I'll post when there's episodes available. Don't be disappointed when you go to Patreon, you pay us money, and there's nothing there yet. By the time this comes out, we should have already recorded some stuff. And then after that, it's going to be weekly. So Whatever's will, coming out. There will at least be something for you there by the time you... What do you do on Patreon? You subscribe? You subscribe I sound so for, ignorant right now. Yeah, you subscribed for uh, different tiers or I don't. I haven't decided what the price should be. It could so be a like dollar. only fans. Cool, guys. So that's it for us. Thank you again. More information about the whole Patreon thing and Where's Mephisto it'll come out as I come up with it. We got to make a logo for it. I kind of started one, but I'm like, I need help. (laughs) All right. I'm going to stop recording now. Thanks. (laughs) Bye. Bye.